Sí, señores, buenas tardes, buenas noches, buenas tardes, buenas noches, señoritas y señores. To be here with you tonight brings me joy, que alegría. Hey, everybody, welcome. You have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And this week, we are starting off our Oscars month. Yes. Uh, we will be looking back at the Oscar winners from last year that some of us haven't seen and some of us have. I can't but, wait for it. Um, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so today we're talking about last year's animated feature winner, Coco, the Disney Pixar movie about Conan O'Brien and his outster from The Tonight Show. <laughs> oh, man. That could have been a better movie. Um, but today we're talking <laughs> about um, Coco, Disney Pixar's Dea de los Muertos movie. Yeah. Day of the yeah, Dead nailed movie. Nailed it. Yeah. Good, good so, job. Good Spanish. Muchas gracias, senor. <laughs> um, I feel like we have a bad connection. Do we? Am I getting like super laggy? Uh, how do you feel? I, I feel like it's okay. Okay. Yeah, we just, we just have to make sure we pause and uh, give you time to talk. Sure. I so, mean, or I'll just start talking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a Disney Pixar movie that won Best Animated Picture last year that I have never seen. Which I was actually kind of surprised about, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I never made it to the theaters to see it, but I knew it was on Netflix and just haven't gotten around to it yeah i was like oh we'll probably do that like for the podcast. You watch it eventually yeah yeah and uh i wasn't super interested in it because i was like okay i don't know that culture that well i'm sure it's good it's disney pixar of course it's got to be have it's quality it doesn't have cars or a number in it <laughs> so i know that it's not a bad movie <laughs> um i just haven't gotten around to watching it until we i think i was saving it for the podcast honestly Okay. Um, because I knew we'd probably get to it at some point, which is a bad excuse because I can't just do that for every movie. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go see this because we're going to do it on the podcast. Like, no, I need to. Yeah, I need to watch stuff. But yeah, so pretty much that's why we did it. You guys, did you guys both see it in theaters or? I don't remember. Oh yeah, Kirsten I saw I... it like the week it came out. Yeah, see, I don't know if Kristen and I saw it in theaters or if we waited for it to come out on, like, rent on Amazon on the first time that we saw it. Okay. But, um, you know, I, I, it's a simple storyline. You can see right through it. You can see where the plot's going. But at the same time, I, I love it. Like, I fell in love with this movie Yeah. the first time I saw it. Yeah, Devin, how about you? You said you saw yeah, it I think this theaters? is probably... Yeah, this is probably my fifth time watching it. And I had a little bit of a similar story to you, Alan, where I first heard about it. And, like, I love Pixar. I love everything about Pixar. I was super pumped for it. And I saw, like, a clip of it. And it was when he was in the bedroom, like, playing along with uh, Ernesto de la Cruz. And I was like, oh, this movie doesn't look that interesting. And literally not because of, like, who it was, the type of music, but just, like, there wasn't enough going on to, like, really grip me. So I didn't want to see it right away as soon as I heard about it. But Romana really like was taken in by that scene, so we saw it right away in theaters. And I think this is my sixth time watching the movie this time. Okay. So I'm pretty familiar. Awesome. Um. So I don't know where. <laughs> so one 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 thing that I uh, going into this, I wasn't sure why it was called Coco. 
And oh. even, even halfway through the movie, I was like, okay. Like in the beginning, they say, oh, this is Coco. It's his great yeah. grandmother. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Why is the movie called this? And like even halfway through, I was like, <laughs> okay, we're, how's this coming back to this? And then it did. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But even like like just watching the trailers, like Coco, that makes no sense for the title. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can so, I totally until you see, see the movie. Like the title makes sense once you see the movie. Right. The thing is, right, and, and once you see all of it. Yeah, and the thing is though, I'll I kind of like that though because just like how and I forget the director's name, but there's that one director that makes all of his movies based around Christmas, even though they may not be about Christmas. Okay. Tim Burton. Home Alone and Chris Columbus. I there's a person you talk uh, about that makes his movies around Christmas. Oh, like this, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes, Shane Black. Shane oh. Black. There we go. Home Alone and <laughs> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I wasn't talking about Kiss no, Kiss Bang Bang. Talk about Home Alone. Yeah. But still, anyway. Yeah. I feel like there wasn't a good way to name this movie anything other than based off one of the characters because this yeah. movie isn't like it's about him finding a place in his family and his family accepting him. It's not about the day of the dead. It's not about, you know, like the main musical artist that he's like chasing after. Like it's about the family. So making the, the, so making the, the, the title about the grandmother, the oldest in the family, once you see the movie, it totally makes sense. But I'm really happy they didn't go with like, you know, Pixar presents day of the dead. Like, Oh yeah, or even you know like I, I like, pronounce it in Spanish, which 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 was I'm not going to because I'm not good at it, so I'm not like going to bastardize that, it. I feel like there was a movie that came out like two or three years before this that was like from Fox that was called Day of the Dead, or yeah, something like that. I think it and, was I think it was called Tree of Life or Tree something. Of, like I remember that. when they when they first announced it, there was a big like kerfuffle where everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to be the same thing." Yeah, volcano Dante's Peak. Like the the whole Armageddon Deep Impact. Deep Impact, yeah. I loved right. it. To be perfectly honest, I really wish Hollywood would just go back to that. I mean, they are the next month with uh, two Captain Marvel movies. Because Shazam was originally Captain Marvel. Yeah, I know, Captain but that's Marvel. not exactly yeah, that's what I'm... I know, I know, but that's not... Ex- but I mean, they're it, both superhero movies, and one's from DC and one's from Marvel, but I'm talking about, like, you know... Just like you said, Volcano and Dante's Peak, and then you have Armageddon and Deep Impact. Same exact storyline, told exact, told <laughs> a little bit differently, but it's still pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I loved that. I honestly did because it was like, oh, cool, two two volcano movies. Which one's better? And then you can actually have conversations about it. Like I liked yeah. those films. I liked the way those came out. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I think scripts get held up for so long that. I don't think it's always planned to happen that way, but when it does, it just does. It, 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 there's nothing you can do about it. Like, I think, yeah. it, I think it should happen more. <laughs> I mean, <you> had it. <laughs> they should coordinate. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to, to a point you, you do have that happening with Marvel and DC where like DC will announce, Hey, we're doing Batman versus Superman, but calling it something stupid. Yeah. And then Marvel's like, well, Hey, you're having your two heroes fight. Now we're going to do civil war. <laughs> Team Cap and Team Iron Man, pick a side. I yeah, true, true. Yeah. I got. It. I just, I think my problem is that I have a hard time looking over the fact that the movies I'm talking about came out when I was younger, 
and they mm-hmm, weren't yeah. superhero films. And now that superhero films come come out almost like all of the time, it yeah to me that genre just kind of like pulls itself away from that novelty. Like yeah, that's, that, that yeah, seems to be the trend. Yeah, it would be like if um okay, so my uh, hidden figures. Yeah, I actually just yeah. got done watching that movie before I came over here. Okay. Um, yeah, it would be like if they came out with hidden figures, and then like a month later in theaters they came out uh, with a movie about the uh, woman who invented the GPS navigation. Okay. I forget her name, but oh. it's still pretty much the same premise. Yeah. So yeah. it would be like that. Like that's kind of what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, or like Olympus has fallen in what was it like White House Down or something? Yes, th- th- that right there is a yeah. perfect example. Yeah, like that's yeah. yeah. I liked Olympus has fallen. I have not seen White House Down. Same here. I haven't seen either of them. Um, oh, we might have to do Olympus has fallen. Yeah, Olympus has fallen is amazing. I love yeah. that one. I've, have you seen London? That's has a fallen? really good. Yes, review. I have, and that I swear. Okay, so I know we're. I know we're supposed to be talking about Coco and we'll get to it. (laughs) I promise. But when I first saw London has fallen, I was thinking to myself, how are they going to make it? How are they going to top two dump trucks pulling up to the white house and just emptying 50 cal machine guns into the building? How are they going to top that? And they did. They did. Sorry. Sorry. But she, I'm she has to work at six, still pumped, so, yeah. though. I need to see this. You need to see Olympus has um, fallen. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's talk about Coco. Yes, Coco, Coco, um, Coco. You guys take the lead on this because you saw it first, and this is my first time mm-hmm. seeing it. So okay. go for it. Sure. And you. And there's a long pause. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So you go first. Um, all right. So, uh, just to like give a basic general plot overview. I mean, so it's about a little boy named Miguel who lives in a family that has outlawed music uh, because his great-great-grandpa or great-grandpa was a musician that left his grandmother. So she outlawed music, and through different hijinks and shenanigans, his family learns to accept music. That's probably the most general, egregious plot I could ever give to this movie. But But it it did do the one thing that I love the most about Pixar movies, and it had that emotional core. Yeah. Alan, mm-hmm. first time watching it, what did you think about the emotional core? Um, I was like, okay, so I'm watching this on Netflix. So I'm watching it on my couch, just enjoying it. Like, okay, this is fun. Music's good. I was like, okay, I, I can see where they're going with this. And then it got to the remember me scene where, where they oh. have the big reveal. And then I was yeah. like, you, God damn it. Like, sorry, you, you got me again. Yeah. Like, it hit me hard. Like, well, the whole time I knew yeah. I knew that song was going to get me at some point because I knew that was the song. Because mm-hmm. they was like, hey, here's this big song that everyone on the internet's been like embracing for months. And I was like, okay, I know this is going to get me at some point. Where is it? And then I was kind of thrown off by it. Like, I li- really liked that reveal because they got me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked how they brought it back, and like that goes back to why it's called Coco. Like it, that made mm-hmm. the whole thing make sense once you get to that point. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot more than other Pixar movies too. They really built it up as this entire like moment. It all hinges on it. Like 
the whole plot hinges on this. The whole like lie Victor believed is changed at that moment. Like it's the title of the movie. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did it hit you as hard, Ryan. It it did. Um, but maybe not. I mean, like, not as much as other Pixar films because it's it's mm-hmm. one of the things I do have to say about this movie, and I and and I kind of all uh all already said it i saw through this one a lot easier than i saw through others and what i mean about is like the plot and the spin because it was just one of those things where it's okay so they they introduce the family this is is the first time me watching it Mm -hmm. they introduce the family they talk about the shrine they talk about you know putting up the pictures and the family members coming back and then so so they give you a basis if you don't know the culture about you know about you know what they do and which was all new information for me for about half of it because i had no idea like i didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. who practiced that so it was actually kind of fun Mm -hmm. to 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 actually learn it but they show the uh are we doing spoilers at this point or no might as well i mean it's Okay. Yeah, it's old enough. Okay. It's on Netflix. Yeah. If okay. you haven't seen the movie, so, go check it out. Yeah, so th- yeah. they show the father, who the real father is, and he can't get yeah. across because nobody puts up his picture. And going the normal way of Disney movies and Pixar movies go, I figured at that point, okay, there's like there's a good chance this is his dad. There's a good chance this is the one that left. And then... Um, he thinks it's the the, like... I'm bad with names. I've seen this movie about four times, but the Mexican okay. Elvis character in this. We're just going to call him Mexican Elvis. Mexican Elvis. Okay. So, Ernesto De La Cruz. De La Cruz. Brown. There we go. De La Cruz. Gotcha. So they showed him when he was younger, and he's uh-huh. wearing the same outfit that his dad was wearing in the picture, but the mm-hmm. body wasn't as bulky. It was thin. Mm-hmm. See, I and so it was, it, was, it was one of those things where it's like I figured out way early on. Okay, that okay. So at some point, it, they're gonna find out that there that he's his great great grandfather or yeah. great grandfather. Like you know, th- that's just gonna happen. And uh, I mean, it eventually did. So I knew it was gonna happen, but it still hit me. Like that was a really good moment. That was yeah. a really cool yeah. moment. Yeah, the the way they yeah. played that picture, it does look like it's Mexican Elvis for most of it, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just the way the picture's framed. Like oh yeah, it, 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 yeah. It, he's po- he's posed with his chest out, so he's standing for a po- a portrait. So yeah, it makes it look like it, it's that big bulky chest. Yeah, but it's really yeah. like, when they show the picture with the missing piece, it's like, oh okay, I see it. Yeah, he's um, just sticking out his chest. Yeah. Um, I see. I didn't really pick up on that right away. It's like, okay, this is just some guy who. Yeah. Um, and I think if I had was thinking about it more, I would have picked up on it. I was like, this is like as soon as he yeah. started giving hints about, okay, he worked with him, so he knows. Like, yeah. he was probably like in his band or something at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting it to be that. Oh yeah, he's the actual great grandfather who. Yeah. Who. Mm-hmm abandon his family who actually didn't because it's a whole time it's like this kid is like justifying oh yeah he left the family but he's a musician so i love him too like it right it's like a weird well, thing to be like forgiving of it, 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 like, it is I, weird I, yeah I, yeah i just felt yeah. like odd it is weird the only thing because like the first time i watched this movie 
I sat and enjoyed like the first part of it. And then once they get into the mm-hmm. whole thing where he steals the guitar mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. graveyard and like everything happens yeah. and they start introducing the, the other characters, that's when I was like, okay, I want to piece this apart. Like I went from watching it to enjoy it to watching it and going, where can, where are the hints I can pick up on? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, See, I can't watch movies like yeah, that the first but, time. But um, yeah, I'm the same way. The, I didn't uh, do that the first time. The thing, I lost my spot. Yeah. Like oh no. no! No, 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 no. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're talking about um, uh, the emotional impact. You're talking about the hints um that you picked up along no, the way but, the first time you watched it. Um, about damn it when he stole <laughs> the guitar. When he when he stole the guitar, it, it was something that yeah. you were oh about not. Okay, so I feel like him forgetting that, uh-huh. or for him forgiving De La Cruz when he thought that he was his actual grandfather, um, yeah. I feel like that was more in in, uh, in reference to him feeling trapped in the family because he loved music so much, but nobody else did. I feel like that's where that was coming from. And, sure. And the thing is, he didn't really swear off the family, I feel, until... Yeah. He was already in the land of the dead, and he refused his uh, his great grandmother's uh, like wish. wish. Yeah. Because I feel like that's when he actually made the conscious decision to say, "No, I'm not part of you guys." Because before right. it was just him having an emotional reaction, running out of the house. I mean, I think even in, right. when he's in uh, the land of the dead, I think even then it's an emotional response because he he doesn't really swear him off. He just runs away because he wants what he wants. Yeah. But he doesn't think yeah. it's fair that he can't have. Okay, so true. I just I, f- I feel like there's more determination in him than was before because he knows there's a yeah. way that he can get what he wants. E- exactly. So, right. Um, Without yeah. having to like o- obey her rules. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when he was good. I mean, as a self-taught, you know, homemade guitar. Oh I mean, yeah. They, I mean, they have him being really good. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the music a little bit here. Um, oh, yeah. What'd you guys think? Just like I with, it. I still listen to it. Yeah, and I honestly would take when it comes to Pixar movies. My favorite like music in Pixar movies is this and Moana. Moana's not Pixar. Interesting. I mean, that's it's a Pixar. Long, the same that's not, it's, it's Disney it's, and it's, it's animated Disney, in the same Disney way. That's just, okay. Well, still whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, Moana yeah. is really good. Yeah, so like, oh, yeah. I would definitely take. Okay, fine. Anything that Pixar has ever done, this is their best music. Yep. And as far as I'm concerned, in a film, are we talking musical score or just the music that they sing? The like the music the that they sing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I mean score, I'll say score. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll get. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. The only other Pixar ones I can think of where they sing are Toy Story. Exactly. And even then, they're not singing. It's Randy Newman singing. Yeah. Ooh, but in Toy Everything Story 2, Jessie had her song, and holy she shit, did I cry that, during though. that. She doesn't sing that. That wasn't her thing. She, doesn't she, she? She doesn't sing it. It's just Sarah McLaughlin singing like Randy Newman does. Mm-hmm. Because if Randy, <laughs> New- because if Randy <laughs> Newman sang that song that he wrote, it would have been really off-putting. Like, can you just imagine watching that, watching that scene in Toy Story 2, and instead of Sarah McLaughlin, you say, when somebody loved me, <laughs> everything was beautiful. I know. 
it would be like movie and picture that i will go through and do the whole thing as randy newman for you and send it to you please oh my god you didn't get me a birthday present that could be my birthday present that will be your it'll be as bad as his song about how he hates little people present to you yeah i'll post it i'll have to post it on the facebook page when i do it i'll just take the whole song oh my god it'll be as bad as his song about how he hates little people no reason to live. <laughs> See, oh, what do you have against them? It was done as a joke. He has said multiple times it was done as a comedy song. And it was recorded it. back in the 70s for crying out loud. Yeah, the 70s were oh, a weird time. Yeah. Okay, so, so, uh, so, on uh, the music, though, what was yeah. your guys' favorite song? Uh, I, I like the one that he sang when he showed up at the party. Yes. That one was really um, good. I, pretty much anything the, the kid sang on his own, I really enjoyed. Um, I mean, Remember Me is throughout the whole thing. So yeah. Like that, that's the one that got me the most. Like that's the one I'll probably go back and listen to. But I yeah. really liked everything that they, that the kid sang on his own. Yeah. Mine is the one that he sang at the competition. Okay. Yeah. That Oko Loco. Loco. Oko Loco. That's yeah. my favorite one. Oko Loco Coco. Just just like the meaning <laughs> of it and just like the just like i feel like the lyrics in that song goes well with the style of it i just i don't know like that's the one to me that i actually selected on netflix to play again because it gives you the little yeah. thing uh, to play back through the song again wait yeah what? yeah you didn't know that no when what you watch this? okay so i was okay so okay so when it comes to devices on my xbox one mm-hmm which is how I watch pretty much uh, yeah. everything. Um yeah. the my the the Netflix app on the Xbox one after the songs in Coco it there's a little box that shows up at the bottom that's kind of ghosted out and it says play song again. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. So that you can go through and it plays that song. First I'm screwed on Bandersnatch. Now I'm missing this missing out on this for Coco. <laughs> My Apple TV is just like giving it to me. There's a reason why Devin and I don't have an Apple TV. Hey, I got the Apple TV for free. That's fine. Well, now you're dealing with how free products work. Yeah, Yeah, it was free if you signed up for DirecTV now, which I no longer have. But hey. At least um, you have the Apple TV. Yeah. At least. Um, Worth it. (laughs) So. What did you guys know about Day of the Dead going into this? I knew a good bit going into it just because I took a lot of Spanish classes in high school. And Me like, too. Like, Senora yeah, Jensen. Yeah, and they were like, hey, yeah, I love Senora Jensen. She's my favorite. Um, yeah, but we talked about it a few times. I didn't know, like, all of this stuff about the ofrenda. And, like, I just knew, like, they put out food and they had pictures of their, like, lost loved ones. And that was really it. But I didn't know as much as this movie went into it. How about you? Did you know much? I knew that it was a day that dead family members came back and visited their families. Okay. That's it. I did not know about the pictures. I did not know about the food. I did not know about anything else. They do a really good job in this, no matter how much you know going into it. They do a good job of explaining everything up front. So even if you have a little bit of knowledge from a a high school Spanish class or none at all, like you, you get the sense <laughs> yeah. of what's going on. They do a really good job of bringing it all together and making it make sense for everyone. 
which is to their mm-hmm. credit, like that's very impressive and tricky to do sometimes. Oh. Which, which absolutely the is too, they didn't complicate it. Yeah, like yeah, because I mean, I mean, was it? Um, there's a phrase that it's in a movie, and I totally forget which one it was. It was like, okay, so explain this to me like I'm 12, or yeah. explain this to me like I'm five. And that's what they did yeah. because mm-hmm. because was it they took Miguel who's what like eight nine ten twelve mm-hmm. or yeah and and the Something like and that. the grandmother is explaining it to him like he's that age yeah which is which was one mm-hmm. perfect for me because I like, like I said eight eight you want to say Ocho? eight eight it eight. makes sense okay. that's, that's good Spanish Alan good job Coco Ocho all I know is <laughs> Gomez estás. Not sure what that means. I see, I see. I have no idea what that. You're not. Was. You're not sure what that means. Oh, the only. I don't. Uh-huh. I. Okay. So, confession time. Uh, for mm-hmm. anybody listening to this outside of the U.S., the American edu- the American education system kind of sucks. When you have oh, yeah. a, I don't think that's news to anyone. Yeah, I know. I know. But still, <laughs> I'm a real life example of it. Um, I, I, uh, I, uh, I went through school with an IEP and individual lesson plan and Mm -hmm. because i had such a hard time with my dyslexia and my add and everything else they basically Mm -hmm. took like that like language classes and threw them out the window it's like okay you're gonna be focused on english Mm -hmm. and everything else has to do with the english language and not anything foreign because i had such a hard time learning how to read so i never Mm -hmm. took spanish french german i didn't take any of it oh wow so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then I mean, for for my Spanish, uh, Romana's grandpa uh, spoke Italian, and I don't speak any Italian, and he doesn't speak any English. So we both met in the middle at bad Spanish. So right <laughs> around when this came out, I was actively studying Spanish because I wanted to talk to Romana's uh, grandpa a little bit better. One so thing, I caught a lot of it. One thing that I noticed when I was going to watch this on Netflix is they have two versions of versions of it they have the english yes. version and they have the spanish version and i kind of want to just go back and watch the spanish version because i feel like that's a whole different movie i almost watched that in preparation for today but i was like no i don't want to be like that guy <laughs> um i feel like if we watch if you watched it in spanish you would have to do uh-huh. a whole podcast in spanish i would have to and it would um, be terrible see, for me watching it it would be like the kids in uh home alone watching um it's a wonderful life in spanish <laughs> in the hotel room just sitting there staring at the screen that would be me that would be me. good <laughs> um <laughs> so what else do you guys got because so i've got, I got, okay. I've got something about, I'm gonna... about the movie okay mm-hmm. um so miguel i think he's like 12 or something like that had whole shrine of Ernesto de la Cruz, his hero. Yes. And I started thinking back about when I was 12, who I would have had, like, had I had this space and, like, the gumption to do something like that, who I would have made a shrine of. Who would you guys have made a shrine of? Because oh, I'm 99% sure mine would have been either Weird Al Yankovic, if we look around, like, the, the music genre. But I think if it was anyone, it would have been Jackie Chan. <laughs> Ooh. So we're going with 12 years old? 12 years old. We'll go with 12. Let's stick it. Okay. Solid and we 12. have to say what year it was. Uh, um, for, for me, me it... 12 was 19 or 2002. So for me, 12 would have been 2003. 
Uh, how about you? 1997. 97. Yeah, so do you, so who would you have on your wall? It was 95, yeah. 95, 10, 96, 11. Yeah, 97, yeah. 12. Um, yeah. With me being a sports person, sports. Ozzie Smith. Okay. It was a <laughs> shortstop go. for the St. Louis Cardinals, and I actually did. Not as crazy as what Miguel had, but like <laughs> I have like baseball cards. I have an autographed baseball. I have, you know, yeah. different things with him on it. Like I remember going to Bush Stadium uh, in the very early 90s with Bush Stadium 2. And they had a one of those like plastic collector like yeah. soda cup things. I have one of those with him on it. Oh, and wow. I still have it. So, I mean, for me, it was Aww. him. For me, like, I'm just looking at where we record the podcast and not much has changed. <laughs> um, yes. I've got uh, Superman, Batman, Simpsons. Um, yeah, somewhere in there. 2003. Somewhere in there. Um, probably Spider-Man because that was like right around the time of the first Spider-Man, right before Spider-Man oh, 2. yeah. So probably, probably some kind of superhero. No, like real, awesome. real life person. Uh, if we're going music wise, maybe Weird Al Yankovic as well. Um, <laughs> I can't really think of anyone else for music for me. It, yeah. it would have been Weird Al too, because yeah. I mean, I was twelve. Yeah. I w- I wasn't into my whole like punk metal thing yet. Like, I didn't know any punk bands. I didn't know any metal bands. Like, and I had aged out of listening to like the kiddie like kid radio music, and. Yeah. I, and my dad hadn't gotten me listening to like Boston, Kansas or journey yet. So like, oh, you know, yeah. like I, I was stuck in that thing where it's like, ah, preteen music is weird. Al. How much do you guys know about the Pixar theory? Oh, all of it. And I love it. Oh, I can already tell you that it's part of it because the, uh, because the pizza truck drives by the, the house at the beginning. Oh, yeah. I, I really like the way oh, they yeah. threw the pizza planet yeah. truck in there, but no, not even yep. just the pizza planet truck. Like that's not, is even... this going into like the whole thing about who like Andy's mother is? Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, but, like, how everything's connected. Yeah. And like boo mm-hmm. is like the, the witch and brave and time travels trying to find Sully. And... I thought Boo was Andy's mom. No, because and Andy's mom was the girl that abandoned Jesse. Yes, according to internet theory. Yes. Okay. Because... It's this whole big thing okay. about how, like, how the cars are alive and what happened to planet earth before Wally. Mm-hmm. And so like this whole thing and how everything plays into it. So I, I mean, anytime I watch a Pixar movie now, I go to um, the super Carlin brothers, YouTube channel. Cause they're the ones who track all this <laughs> shit. Um, and I watched the, how does Coco fit into the Pixar theory? And how does it if, fit? Um, it has to do with memory. So have you okay. guys seen inside out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you know how Bing Bong dies? Yeah. yeah. Let's bring that up because... Oh, because uh, we haven't cried enough. Um, so it has to do with how everything relies on being remembered. So when Bing Bong's forgotten, he disappears. When um, someone's forgotten in the Land of the Dead, they disappear. Um, so everyone's uh, presence it relies on memory. So... Mm-hmm. 
uh, like in in Wally, like the plants. Like this one, this was the stretch, but like it, the plants start growing because Wally remembered because he was interacting with everything for so long that he was becoming kind of human. So oh. and, and as soon as all the humans came back to Earth and remembered, everything started growing again. Interesting. Huh. So, so it does a good job of laying down more foundation for the universe then. Yeah, it lays down. That's like, more not kind of, like that's almost kind of like a spiritual sense. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I feel like that's setting up like a religion within the Pixar universe. Yeah, I mean, and like even the toys, like to a certain point when they get forgotten, they just kind of. Yeah, they turn into toys. Yeah. They um, turn yeah, lifeless. Toys, yeah. But. This movie does a really good job of dealing with death and like skirting around religion completely. Well, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is surprising for something that should be so heavily Catholic. Right, yeah. right. Um, very, very. Like, but this is what I like about it, though, because the whole it should be heavily Catholic because that's obviously what the major you know faith is. In that area, but yeah. I feel like this is more of a like it's the leftover of the culture that was there before the Catholic Church came yeah. in and kind of like took over. Yeah, because yeah, I this is not something that you learn in the te- Catholic Church at all. No, um, no. But I think yeah, it definitely is more cultural than it is religious. Yeah, but it's still spiritual. Well, yeah, which I really enjoyed, and um, I can definitely yep. get on board with. Okay, so. There were yeah. a few things that I that I just remembered that I wanted to bring up because okay. I just got oh, yeah. done watching Hidden Figures and that completely wiped everything from Coco that I wanted to talk about because yeah. that's such a good movie. But anyway, um, so a few things. One, um, for we've already talked about how deep this movie is in yeah. the amount of base. Like I respect the hell out of it, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to sit here and say that it's basically a Mexican Footloose. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't not... a dance montage, so it doesn't count. No, 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 no. But it, Wait. It, it's different. Instead of dancing, it's music. He, I know. The fam, um, like, so. I mean, so okay, so Ernesto so, De La so Cruz is Mexican just, Kenny Loggins. I get it. Every time I see this movie, I can't help but think that. But only towards the beginning when he's fighting with his family about music that's the only connection that i have can you imagine no i no i totally get it. yeah can you imagine growing up without having music it would drive you that nuts that would have been terrible so you can't be in band you can't listen to the radio no. Uh, you can't buy CDs or records or anything like that. Just well, not just that. The only thing you can yeah. listen to is just you know your NPR. Not not, not even because they have the intro music. Okay, intro music is one thing, but listen. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the way that this family, the, the, the way that this family reacts to him just talking to a Monterachi Monterachi band member. Yeah, they flip yeah. out. Yeah. So, no, as far as I'm concerned, no music, none in any sense. You just got to hit the mute button whenever the news comes on and just skip the intro. Exactly. Just skipping intros and everything on Netflix. (laughs) So, and then, uh, let's say, so the the whole Mexican Footloose thing was one. Um, Yes. uh, Damn, there was something else, too. (sighs) I had like a whole list of things well, you I wanted remember, to bring up. 
Yeah. Well, you remember, I have something fun I wanted to bring up. So I love how well this movie portrays Alzheimer's. Yes. Like, yes. really a lot. Like, in so, I mean, they do a lot that, like, is so realistic to what the actual disease is. Where, like, Mama Coco, who's the character with Alzheimer's, has, like, this weird memory of her being a little girl. She always wants her papa. Like, that's what happens to Alzheimer's individuals where, like, they kind of regress back to, like, an, a younger version of themselves and they think they're living that out. And they also do a great job of showing that, like, music is one of those weird things that still manages to kind of push through the Alzheimer's. And there's real research to back that up. And I love that and find that so interesting. And that's where a lot of the depth and a lot of the realism from this movie comes up because i know a lot of well i don't know a lot of people but i do know people that love this movie because they dealt with a family member that dealt with that disease and it is so spot on and thank you for bringing this up because this actually reminded me of my second thing yeah they can do a happy dance there there there, there you go i did (laughs) (laughs) um there's the short story and i forget where i heard it from um, and I'm sure if maybe one of our listeners might remember, you know, might know where, uh, might know where this came from. But there, th- there was a, a book that came out with like a bunch of theories on what happens after you die. Mm-hmm. And one of them is that when you die, you go to like a waiting room, but kind of like a, but kind of like a Grand Central Station, you know, just, just, just like a huge train station, and mm-hmm. you wait in that train station. It's kind of like purgatory, but mm-hmm. you're just you're stuck there with everybody else who has just died. And you and you're stuck there until your memory leaves Earth. So basically you're not called to get on the next train to get to the afterlife until the last person who remembers who you are passes. And then and, and then you can go. So and mm-hmm. And they were talking about this kind of like this uh, crazy thing where it's uh, where it's like you have uh, you you have people who have no family and who mm-hmm. were like homeless and you know they 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 traveled because they had no place to live. It's, it was like as soon as they passed away, they could board. You know, they'd come into this waiting room area and then they would just walk mm-hmm. on to the next train and then head out because nobody remembered who they were. But then you have the poor farmer who died 400 years ago and his memory lives on because where he died is the spot where this new college is. And the kids always talk about this farmer that passed away in this accident who uh, um, uh, on the land. And so he can never get through to, to the afterlife because this college keeps his memory alive as kind of like yeah. a tradition. And then there's also something else where it's like you have where it's like you have like a father and a mother and their child finally passes away, gets into the waiting room, and then they have like two minutes to like meet each other again before the parents have to go on the train. And then the child uh-huh. has to wait for his children to die so that oh, his wow. memory like leaves. And so that whole thing with the whole, with, you know, the whole thing about, having the pictures on the table and as soon as your memory fades you have your second death like that really connected Mm. in my head like i totally got that concept because i already knew that short story like theory 
which is really cool. I mean, to me, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah I, I really like that take on the afterlife. Um, I do. It's, it's weird, though, because if you think about it, like somebody like George Washington never gets to move on. No. But right. He, he'll be sitting there with like Alexander Hamilton and F- Hamilton will be like <laughs> fading away, like uh, Back to the Future, Marty McFly starting to disappear. And then like a few years ago, he just like popped back like full William body, like, yeah. what the hell happened? And he just looked down <laughs> and it's just like, hey, Hamilton again. on Broadway. It's like, damn it. It was almost there. <laughs> so, so basically you show up and you have like, you know, like, you know, Stalin is stuck there forever with mm-hmm. you know like lenin and they're Pretty also stuck it, there with hitler everyone and... is stuck there with hitler that's yeah <laughs> that's, that's what this is <laughs> hitler is just shamed off in a corner just can't you know yeah. everybody just glances at him with like an evil glare every time he walks anywhere you know <laughs> I, I i don't know what happens when we die but i'd be okay with this take on it like the whole and they described it as yeah. like a like new york style grand central station with like yeah. a you know yeah. With like a ticket booth and a time clock and just chairs, you know, like benches for, yeah. you know, forever, pretty much. Yeah, I, I would be okay with that. I'd also be okay with just the way it is in Coco. Like well, yeah, just, uh, absolutely. Like, I kind of want to start celebrating Day of the Dead. Yeah, but it's so, like, they make it to be such a cool, like, custom. I wouldn't be surprised if this starts to pick up, though. Like, I'm sure this past Halloween, since it was the first year after, after Coco, mm-hmm. it started a little bit, but... Watch yeah. this turn into like, I don't want to say Elf on the Shelf, but like Elf on the Shelf. Like it's just going to blow up to something like that. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it you have a bunch of kids who are like in that age where they can be influenced by a film. So I'm talking yeah. maybe like three years old to yeah. maybe like 10 to where you yeah. never know. You might have kids just doing this on their own without their parents even yeah. knowing. You know, I it's mean, like they sneak a picture of their grandparent and they keep it, you know, on like their dresser. And, you yeah. know, once, you know, like once yeah. a year they take, you know, like a, I don't know, like, like a candy bar or something and put it up by the picture. Yeah. And then that turns into them having a family and actually full blown doing it. Um, that would I mean, be cool. I mean, I've been influenced by movies. Every time I take my niece to church, I, I bless with the mm-hmm. holy wa- water like she's Simba. Simba. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I like so. that. Uh, yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? With Coco. So the one thing that the movie did right and that a lot of people liked it for was that it was a celebration of like Mexican culture and Day of yeah. the Dead and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when something like Moana came out, people weren't as okay with it and they called it cultural appropriation. What do you guys think the line was here? Because I was actually thinking about that all day today because yeah. I wanted to just be like, is it appropriation? Okay. But it's not. Like nobody's calling it that. But like, why do you think that line's there? Here's okay. I think it has to do with the people behind the scenes. Okay. Because Lin-Manuel Miranda is Puerto Rican. Yeah. And so all the music from that is not authentically Samoan. I think that's the culture. Um, It's not from that part of the world. He's from the other side of the the Americas. Like he's from the Caribbean and not the Pacific. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. And also... I don't know who the writers were on Moana, but right. I'm guessing it wasn't somebody like The Rock. Like I don't think The Rock had a big thing to do behind the scenes. I think it sure. was just... Sure. <laughs> I think they cast that movie appropriately. I don't know what the behind the scenes crew was like. So I, mm. I'm i going to guess there was a bunch of white people. 
but in sure. this one you look at the credits and they're all uh, hispanic like the writers yeah. like the directors maybe not um adrian molina is the code one of the co-directors so he's he's definitely hispanic mm-hmm. but this the writers were um he wrote it so like it was his passion yeah. project so you definitely have the and all the music was written by hispanic artists except for michael yeah. Giacchino, who did the score but um the way that's my that's my take on it like it just has to do with who's behind the scenes on it the way that i see it for the reason why coco didn't get like as much hate on it i agree with Mm. alan on at the fact that it was so dead on when it comes to like the actual culture of it and the way that they explained the day of the dead and just everything that was done was done right with moana my wife loves that movie yeah, she loves Moana, and so when people started talking about it online, she really deep dived into the articles, you know, trying to find yeah. like what, you know, because it was like to her, she just thought it was a good movie, and she didn't right. herself see anything, you know, you know, it's like see any issues with it, so she really wanted mm-hmm. to know what it was. From everything that she could find and that she showed me, it came, it came down to the how they rendered the male bodies because like Samoans typically stereotypically are big you know like big muscular guys you know they're they're they play rugby and they play football like these are the stereotypes and they're fine with you know having a realistic bot you know like a realistic rendering of their like stature but like the dad yeah. in Moana is huge. He is huge. Yeah, he is. Compared He's to the other people. Hefty boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got like the other guys on on the island, like not the chief, but the other guys. Like they're all like, yeah, they're kind of built up a little bit. They're kind of big, but they're normal. They're proportional. And then you had the uh um the uh the uh the rocks character. Maui. Maui. Which, oh, Maui, yeah. That one I really, I mean, that. I mean, he's playing not a demigod. Being, exactly. So. But I mean, like, not being from that culture and not being from that, like, group of people, I feel like I don't have a right to say, ah, you're getting upset about nothing. But to yeah. me, he's a demigod. Yeah. He's supposed to be yeah. exaggerated features. He yeah. could be a misfortune. That's I mean, my yeah. thing. But, but, but 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 at the same time, like I said, I feel like because I'm not from that culture, yeah. I don't really have a say. In I it. mean, part of it is yeah. you got to take artistic license a little bit with, and and that's the that's yeah. the Disney style. Like, yeah, that's how they're going to do right. it. You look at the bad guy in Pocahontas; nobody looked like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Um, that, I want to talk. That I think it came me. down to the father, though. I think that was the main like like death nail, and yeah. it was just the way that point. they depicted fit. You know, like making him huge yeah that reminds me i wanted to talk a little bit about the um the style of art in coco oh i love it um, i absolutely love, I love the it. way that they uh, they did this just the character design i really liked because the humans look great mm-hmm. and then every skeleton in the, the land of the dead has its own special like features to it yeah um i will say though when he starts to marty mcfly 
and turned to just a skeleton the first time they just yeah. had the fingers like ooh, <laughs> like they just yeah send a chill up my spine like that i did not like that and then he just starts like they show him more it's like oh god like that ooh. <laughs> like that i would have yeah, really in theaters I would have really liked to see how they would have designed his face as a skull because all of, because yeah. like they took their facial features, like they're, you know, it's like if they had kind of like a hefty, you know, kind of like lower half of the face, their entire lower half of their face was their jawbone. Like it was really, yeah. Yeah. really exaggerated. Like with uh, De La Cruz, he, like I said, he had a huge mm-hmm. jaw. So what did they do? They gave yeah. him a jaw as big as the top half of his skull. Yeah. So, right. I mean, oh, and by the I way. Mean, and even his jaw had that dimple in it. Exactly. Now, how did you guys feel about his death? Because I feel like that kind of made me cringe a little bit. With the bell? When they actually showed him die. Uh, like, at the beginning. like and, and then in 1947, he was the top performer. And then... The, bell just and then squished. you watched him die yeah i thought like, it was that funny. was i, I thought that it was, was there for what it needed to be yeah like, it, it was there it, it seems a little off for a pixar movie because usually they don't show death yeah They're just like yeah oh yeah uh <laughs> carl's wife died after all these years of sadness yeah um yeah or here's bing bong slowly fading away not just <laughs> bell bing. falling bell. down oh, crush um yeah that was that was weird. I was like, oh, that's weird for a Pixar movie. But yeah. Okay, yeah. Moving on. How did oh, you yeah, like the uh, spirit animals? I thought the spirit animals were cool. The, I, haze. I love them. See, which the, one was your favorite, Alan? Uh, which one was your favorite? I, mean, I like the dog. The, the dog? The yeah. little bat wings on the back of the dog? Yeah. Look like a flying sausage. I like the really big one. The big hulking one. I oh, the cat? See, that, that? here's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, um, watching this movie... Like I know, I don't know enough about Day of the Dead to know all the references that are there, and I feel like the spirit animals huh? are one of them, and I don't remember yeah. any, learning anything about that. So, like, no, I, 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 I just appreciated that for okay. I need to look more into this. Like mm-hmm. that, that seems really interesting. I'd love to know more about it. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Coco? Not that I'm wrapping this up. We're going to move on to another topic here. That has to do with Coco, but any other thoughts on the movie before we move on? I, 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 I don't know if it was done purposeful or not, but I just like how they kind of tied some things into like non-Mexican culture to, to basically kind of to relate to it. Like, like, like mm-hmm. here. So when it comes to today, today, La Cruz, mm-hmm. the music is uh, uh, his music. Uh, his clothing style, um, everything about him was Mexican. Yeah. But oh, yeah. but it's like I said before, Mexican Elvis, because they kind of yeah. propped his character up to be as that type of popularity, which mm-hmm. I felt as somebody who doesn't really know a lot about Mexican culture, I could I could, I, I could connect with it, and it kind of drew yeah. me in further because I could understand because he's that. pretty much the Mexican Elvis. Like yeah, they he is. pretty he much basically Elvis is. Yeah. as a template. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, a musician. Yeah. He's a movie star. Yeah. And I feel like you could do that with any culture to kind of like draw things in. I just, I just like how they did it. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good point. And I feel comparison. like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a good point to kind of draw people into it, especially yeah. with having like yeah. all of the different, I mean, he was, a, it's like, he was a movie star. Elvis was a movie star. He could fly. I'm pretty sure at some point right. Elvis flew. I'm pretty sure it's. So. Right. Yeah. 
Um, After he died on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a better way to go? Aww. Bell falling on you or dying on the toilet with a sandwich? I would rather die on the toilet with a sandwich. I don't oh, want to deal with the kind of... Uh, okay. I would not want to deal question, with that what kind of What kind of sandwich would you have? Oh, it'd be my last <laughs> sandwich. Yeah. So I would have been able to eat it, but like partially. You, you at least get half of it. Oh, God. Okay. So I'd go to Wawa. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And I'd get um, uh, 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 roast beef, the pepper jack cheese, mayonnaise, lettuce, tomatoes, spinach, um, and onions. Okay. Toasted. Devin, how about you? What sandwich are you dying on the toilet with? <laughs> Um, there's a place in Burbank called Ike Subs, and they make an amazing uh, vegan chicken sandwich. That's just it's like a like a chicken barbecue vegan thing. It's amazing, and it would be that hands nice. down. Okay, so there's Alan. a there's an Amish store out near my parents' house, <laughs> which is which is amazing, by the way. Which one? The one that we went to. No, that's what we're gonna talk one. about. No, oh, different one. Okay, never mind. Different one. Uh, that's Maplewood. Oh. I'm talking about the Dutch Country Store. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, they have an amazing cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger sub. Um, their bacon is so crispy. Their burgers are like they just take hamburger patties, cut them in half, and throw them on a hamburger uh, on a sub bun. Okay, so, so we are definitely in the future. Oh. It is it is officially 2019 when you can go to an Amish store and get a bacon I mean hamburger sub. Dude, <laughs> we're in the future. I just got a notification today that. Big Macs have bacon on them now. <gasps> wow! There goes yeah. my diet. We yeah. still my arteries. Yes. Um, okay. So that's probably all getting cut too. We're gonna have a great bloopers episode Good. coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the reason we're talking about Coco is we're doing an Oscar month, and Coco won a few awards. It won Best Animated Picture. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about the movies that it was up against. Um, so last year it won. It was up against Loving Vincent, Ferdinand, The Breadwinner, and The Boss Baby. Have you guys seen any of those? Or can I just start go- no. talking about The Boss Baby? Devin, have you and I talked about The Boss Baby no. yet? We've not talked about Boss Baby. Tell me about Boss Baby. It's not bad. It's decent. It's not bad. It, it's... No, it's not. It's a lot funnier than I expected it to be. My niece went through a phase where she just loved the boss baby. So every time I would be with her, she's like, baby. And I was like, okay, we'll watch the boss baby. So I watched it with her once. Like, oh, what? Oh, no, I watched it without her. It was on Netflix and I was doing stuff. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch this just because uh, I'm curious if this was any good. And I was like, you know what? I did yeah. not hate this as much as I thought I would. There's one point where they have to go to Vegas. Um, and he has to get to this expo. The br- older brother and the baby have to get to this expo. So he tags along with a bachelorette party who g- gives him a ride. What? Yeah. So the bachelorette party drops him off in their limo. And he's walking out of the car holding a giant glass of like alcohol. Well, it looks like alcohol. He's like, he, yeah. so the kid's drinking. He's like, I don't know what the people in Long Island put in their iced teas, but this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. It's like a better yeah. joke than I it, thought would be in Boss There's baby. a lot of good jokes in there. Uh, Alec Baldwin is good. Um, it's definitely nowhere near as good as Coco, but it's definitely a fun watch. Right. If uh, if you can find it on Netflix, I'd recommend it. 
Yeah, um, I might have to watch it now because I always kind of wrote it off as like, oh, like like that time Kevin Spacey was a cat, like that movie. <laughs> Is kind of uh, like what time, I compared that, it to in my mind. That time Kevin Spacey was anything. We just write that all that's, off. That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, okay. So those are the animated pictures that were nominated last year. This year, uh, since we ta- didn't really talk about this on the show yet, uh, let me just find the list. Best animated picture this year. are The nominees are Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Murari? which I'm not sure what that is. Ralph oh. breaks the internet and into the spider verse. What are your guys' thoughts on those? I know Incredibles two made our top lists for last year. I feel like this year's list is a lot better than last year's. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is. Yeah. Th- looking at just looking at this list, the only, the closest thing to boss baby mm-hmm. that I see on there is probably Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. I mean, I saw that one and I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. I really wanted to love it. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. I, I've only heard bad things about it. Your review just now is the uh, best review I've heard of Ralph Breaks the Internet. Really? Yeah. Okay, so when, 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 oh. when it comes to Ralph Breaks the Internet, all I really want from that movie is just Ralph tripping over himself because he's used to being in an uh, used to being inside of a arcade box and. And he doesn't know how to handle like the internet. That's all I want from that. You will love it. Okay, because I mean, got it. It does. It does it. Like I because like like the first one was good, and I really liked the first one. But it's one of those storylines to me that I'm not really expecting to be like, oh wow, that was good. It's just (laughs) I can laugh at this. Like that's all I want from that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Devin, you had Isle of Dogs as one of your number ones of last year. Yeah, I did. Um, And it's really, I really loved that movie, but it kind of sucks going up against these other movies because I feel like it's not, I feel like it's not going to win against them. And it's not that I didn't love Isle of Dogs because I definitely did, but I don't feel like it deserves to win among these other contenders, particularly Spider-Verse. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, looking at Pixar's entry this year, uh, Incredibles 2, like I, as much as I enjoyed Incredibles 2, I've only seen it once. Mm. I, it's on Netflix now, so I'll probably go back and rewatch it. Compared to Coco, though, like it's nowhere near as good. Like, absolutely. Incredibles 2 agree. is just a popcorn pick. Like, it, it's fun. It's yep. great if you like the first one. It doesn't really I do anything special for me. Yeah. I like it more. The second time, the second oh. time around, I did the first time, and I liked it the first time. But the thing, the uh, what's different between the difference between uh, Incredibles two and Coco is that Incredibles two was shackled to the storyline from the first one, and sure. it's like you said, it's it's a popcorn flick, it's a Pixar action film. That's all it is. Right, you know, Coco had a lot more freedom. Yeah, when it came to it, and it's got—I mean, it's got a bit of uniqueness to it because there aren't a lot of movies like this. I, I just have a general theory that any sequel that picks up right after the first one just—it suffers because of what you just said. Like, yeah, it, it's Agreed. too much tied yeah. to the first one. So, Incredibles two suffers from that. Uh, episode, uh, the Last Jedi suffers from that because you don't have yep. the creative freedom of 
the Force Awakens had or Rogue One has. Like it's not its own thing. It's or so even tied. Vampire Strikes Back compared to New Hope. They didn't pick it up exactly right after. There no, was they, a good they, like two, three yeah, years. It's definitely three years. And they between that. And they're filling in all those gaps with comic books that have been running since Force Awakens. Yeah. So Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that Into the Spider Verse is gonna win it this year. I think it will. I think it deserves it. It really does. I really cannot wait for that movie to come out on Blu-ray because I'm buying it right away. <laughs> oh, me so. too. Um, I think there's one thing that they could put on that list that I think would be better than Into the Spider-Verse, and it's not fair, but it's Bao, the Pixar short from In Front of Incredibles. I, that was nominated for the animated short. I it should win. It should win all the time. I think, yeah, I definitely think that will has a great shot of winning. Because that was, yeah, it, that's up on the list for animated shorts. I remember when that came out that that stirred some controversy, too. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's Did it really? Just, yeah, it's just people not understanding other cultures. Yeah, it's people, I mean, like, because, I mean, it's like people were tweeting, it's like, after they saw it, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know, like, I didn't understand this. And well, what was this about? And then you had Asian Americans uh-huh. tweeting back, you know, this isn't your culture. This was for yeah. us. Uh, so, I mean, which, I mean, is completely accurate because if you look at the people who made it, it's them. Yeah. Like yeah. Pixar, Pixar does yeah. a good job of making sure that they cover a lot of different um, cultures in their, right. in their stuff. Like I had just seen, I just seen Sanjay's super team, like probably like a couple months ago. I didn't even know it was a Pixar short and it was wonderful. I've never heard of that. I have to look it up. Oh yeah. It was one they did about, um about Indian culture and about, um, it was it was basically this son and his dad and his dad the son wanted to like watch TV and the dad wanted to pray and basically just like that dichotomy and it was really good. Because okay. well, 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 what I'm hoping for is that Pixar does more of these and does actual like feature you know like feature length films that are that do have that impulse of people saying I don't understand this. But, yeah. but then having, you know, like a sector of the community going, no, 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 no. This is what it is. Because yeah. I would love to see a movie. I mean, in like 20, maybe 20 to 15 years where you have mm-hmm. these people, you know, young kids seeing this and growing up and then making a film where you have two characters where one comes from like a cocoa background and one comes from a boys a bow, bow, yeah. bow background. Oh, bow, yeah. And having those two cultures mixed for a film. I yeah. would love to see something like that. Um, yeah. But before that, be yeah. prepared for this spork is a toy, the movie. The spork oh, is God, the I'm toy. not what? okay with that. Toy I mean, Story I, 4. I feel have like you they're trying you... to hint at like a bigger message. But ugh. Have you not seen the trailer for Toy Story 4? I might have, but I can't. It's all of them I'm like having... going around in circles, and then you just see a spork. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, see, Pixar is better when it doesn't just do sequels. Like I like that they're do it like alternating now. Like it's not just sequel yeah. after sequel because that's where they suffer the most. But like, there's not many more sequels they can do. Like maybe a few more Incredibles movies. I hope they end with Toy Story soon. Um. Anyway, moving on. So Coco also won for uh, best original song last year at the Oscars, where it was up against. Uh, a song from Mudbound, a song from Call Me By Your Name. I'll name the songs. Okay. It's Mighty River yeah. from Mudbound, The Mystery uh-huh. of Love from Call Me By Your Name, uh-huh. Stand Up for Something from Marshall, 
and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. I have not seen any of those movies. Me neither. I, you haven't seen Greatest Showman? No, and I feel like it's something I should have seen. That's a movie that Kristen and I have on her uh, have on have on our watch list. Was that nominated for? No, it wasn't. Okay, I was wondering if that was nominated for Best Picture, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I I no, I like Hugh Jackman. I don't like what they did with that story of glamorizing um, Barnum. Like, he wasn't that great of a guy, so. But anyway, so yeah. those were the nomina- nominees from last year. Uh, this year, mm-hmm. the uh, nominees are all the stars from Black Panther. Oh. I'll Fight from RBG, which is the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary. The Places Where mm-hmm. Lost Things Go from Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, that was fun. Um, when a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from the ballad of buster shrugs <laughs> and shallow it's on my netflix watch list and shallow from a star is born by lady gaga and um yeah the lady gaga song i'm telling you right now that one's gonna win yeah just by and the name i heard I it just, deserved it though I've like heard, i heard that's such a good song it's not a bad song i haven't seen the movie yet my problem with it is they've sure. been overplaying it i haven't even heard it that much but my wife has been bitching about how much they play it at work just on the satellite radio yeah um, i haven't seen stars born yet i'll probably end up checking it out before the before the oscars this year um sure i like the song from black panther the uh, all the stars that they have playing over the um yeah credits um are you disappointed that Eminem's Venom isn't on this list? I'm happy. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like you didn't even ask that question. If Eminem's Venom was, <laughs> If Eminem's Venom was nominated for an Oscar and won, we'd have the same situation that we had a few years ago when Suicide Squad won for costume and makeup or one of the two. That's like, right. The fact that Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning film baffles me Shouldn't to this happen. day. It should not be a yep. thing. And it is, and I don't want to think about it. <laughs> the Oscars will turn into a grant. The Oscars are going to turn into what the Grammys are. There's a Grammy for every category, subcategory, and sub subcategory yeah. you can think of, where everybody gets one. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just waiting for the uh, comic book awards, like where it's just comic book movies being nominated for the for their own stuff. Oh yeah, I'm okay. surprised they haven't done that already. I mean, who's going to do it though? We should like, do it. Th- we should. We should do that at the end of the year. How let's about do we it. Let's do our own uh, superhero, comic book, nerd stuff. Yeah, I um, agree. I think it's great. It's a great idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to write that down so I remember. Let me also, this. I saw that Coco Two has an IMDb page. Is that a real thing, or are people just being cruel? That Coco Two. Yeah, I don't know. I, it um, friggin' better not be a thing. I don't know how you would do a sequel to this. I mean, IMDb's write up says it's I mean, been six years since the events happened for Miguel when Hector, Imelda, and his great grandparents need Miguel's help to come back to the land of the living because some mysterious, sinister masked skeleton is haunting and rules their world with an iron fist and sword and hates music. Wow, that sounds bad. No, that's got to be fake. It has to be. I mean, a lot of movies get sequels on IMDb that um, don't end up happening. Yeah. Oh, I hope that's a thing. Okay, that's so not just... While he's doing this, 
Yeah. Devin, Alan asked if I'd seen the trailer for Toy Story 4. So yes. a couple weeks ago, I sat down. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch a bunch of trailers. And I got caught up in the people who have YouTube channels that that like to make their own trailers to movies that trailers haven't oh, been released yeah. yet. And I got fooled by one about halfway through. And then I realized, hang on a second, that's not going to be from this movie. That's from that movie. That seems from that movie. Yeah. And then I went through <laughs> and I watched a bunch of them. I'm like, no, I'm screw this. So I'm, no, like, unless the trailer's on Hulu, because Hulu has that thing where you can watch trailers. Oh, yeah. yeah unless it it's on something like that, I don't uh-huh. do it. Or, or unless it's shared by like Universal's like Facebook page. Yeah, that's it. Well, and and I and I agree because like I think if you like I don't know I think if I you feel like told that should fall that the... into copyright laws. Like I really feel like that should fall into copyright laws. And yeah, on to should. that on uh, 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 I I just I do because it's it's false advertising first off. Yeah, I mean right now like the two trailers are like the one where they introduce Spork person and the one where like Key and Peel are just stuffed animals. And like that's it. And like I think if you told me that Spork Person trailer was like was a fake trailer, I'd totally believe it and be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Because like mm-hmm. I don't know, it that one doesn't get me excited for the movie. Key and Peel a little bit, I like them, but like Spork Person, not so much. I wonder if Spork Person is only going to be in the movie for like two seconds. I think it's going to be about Spork Person, and I'm seeing because. Pixar movies always have like a social commentary esque core to them, and I think Spork Person is going to be centered around social commentary esque core. I think you know, what it has to deal with is what is the definition of a toy, and exactly what, what get what gets brought to life. Because if I I can say that this pocket knife is a toy, and then when I leave the room, is it going to play with all my action figures that I have on my computer here? Probably. And hopefully. I need, may need to put some googly eyes on it, but. <laughs> you mean like the machine at your work? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Aww. Well, I'm hoping that if they do that, then it finally puts to rest all those stupid jokes of, well, have you met Angie's mom's toys? <laughs> it's just like a dildo that walks in. So hopefully we can just put to rest all those stupid jokes. because I hate them. I'm sorry, but I find those to be hysterical. <laughs> yeah. it's the I've mo- seen too many. Toy Story 4 is just going to be, here's a spork with googly eyes and Bo Peep in a different costume because that's how lamps work. Ceramic but I'm happy Bo Peep's back. But, I guess uh, that's not how lamps work, yeah. though. Um, I forgot she was a lamp. Yeah. I, mm. I asked my wife about if she saw the poster. She's like, but she's a lamp. I was like, oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? That's a good fucking point. Huh. Okay, so as far as Coco 2 goes, I cannot find any yeah. official source giving okay, good. a date for it. But the fact that IMDb has such a specific date on it, I say the odds are 50-50. Shit. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't love it either, but... The only way that I could see them doing a sequel to Coco is only in the realm of the Day of the Dead. Like it would have to do like with like, well, well, I mean, not just that. I feel like it would have to do with what happens on your second death. Mm. I feel like that would be, be a good avenue for storyline. Uh, 
Like what happens after you die and maybe land of the dead? Maybe I don't know. I just don't think it needs to be touched. It, it's agreed. But then that's again, my first opinion again, of it. Then again, like neither did Toy Story, but yeah, but it turned out well. But then we got the tearjerker in Toy Story three. Ooh, yeah, but Toy Story three is still good. That's um, the first time I actually cried in during a animated movie. Was that scene in Toy Story? 3. I didn't bring this up specifically, but I cried today during the Coco scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like real tears, and I was by myself. And I'm like, I it don't. Got me care. too. Um, one yeah. thing that one thing that I didn't bring up uh, about this movie is, you guys know how big I am on movie scores. Yeah, I did not know this is Michael Giacchino until after the fact. Really, I looked at the soundtrack and I was like, oh, that was Giacchino. No wonder I cried. No wonder it got me because he gets me every time. But I don't even think it was his score that got me this time. I think it was just the original songs in the movie. So good for them. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah, it hasn't been until I met you and we've talked about it that I've started listening to like scores. Yeah. I don't really remember like there's music in it and there's like singing music in Coco, I, obviously. But I feel like the actual like score music doesn't really stand out at all. For in, me, in, in this, yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't like the little instances of him running through the town, yeah, but like everything else just seems so environmental, like yeah, his performances yeah. and all that, which so. I really liked that. That the yeah. fact that like they kind of show that like he's with the family, like there's no music when he's with the family, like yeah. it's all like street right. noise, yeah. All right, yeah. so what do we want to do next week? <laughs> oh yeah this one um so i'm looking at the list now there's a lot of really cool movies that came out um i mean focusing on the winners shape of water obviously is a huge one if you guys haven't seen that one um blade runner 2049 i loved and that one pops up a bunch but also so does um if we're looking at just like sheer nominations uh three billboards outside ebbing missouri comes up a lot too i like the blade runner one because okay here's the thing with blade runner I need to rewatch the first one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you do. If you haven't seen the second one, you have to rewatch the first yeah, one. Yeah. That's the only reason I've held off on watching it. Um, yeah. So if we did that one, we'd have to do two podcasts. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm all for three billboards, though. Same here. I've heard I tremendous things billboards. about it. I loved it. Have you seen it? I haven't I, seen I, it, but I've heard tremendous things about it. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll do that one. Um, Heck yeah! So, but we need to pick a category that we're doing that for. Or uh, it won one. Which one? Uh, it won. Actress in leading role. Actress. Okay, we can do that. Actress in leading for role. Francis McDormand. I'm good with that. Um, the only thing, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a few of those other movies, so we can talk about that. Except I saw I saw all of them except for the one with Meryl Streep. Ah, uh, because so. I've really wanted to see Lady Bird and I Tanya too. And I've seen Shape of Water and loved it. Yeah. Uh, you haven't seen Shape of Water, have you? Okay. Yeah. But I've also one. heard that it's like the last half of Splash. So I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I know it's different. I know it's yeah, different. I think we'll have a very interesting conversation about... We're going we're gonna to do Shape of Water, yeah. but that'll be for Best Picture. Yeah. All right, so, all right. So tune in next week where we talk about last year's lead actress winner... Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. 
Heck yeah. Go from Coco to three billboards. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. interesting <laughs> so for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Guitar, no, that I